So I had a little bit of an epiphany recently. I've been working on my dissertation and I'm at the point in my doctoral work where um, I've I've received uh, IRB approval and I'm really kind of starting the actual data gathering. And so there's a lot of work there, a lot of reading there, um, a lot of research. And during that same time, as I kind of start checking off boxes of things that I need to do in order to complete that, that, that task, I am also obviously engaged here in recording these episodes. And one of the things I mentioned to you all before is that all, all the titles of the episodes correlate to a song that I'm planning to do on my EP. And so as I'm listening to music while doing research and recording these episodes and doing the re- the reading for the doctoral work, as, as all of these things start to kind of come together, there's an excitement there. But there was this, this realization that for most of my life, I have put other things in front of doing the one thing that I've really been excited to do. So in my case, that is create, record, and share some music. Now, it was very easy when I was actively in church and, um, you know, standing before the people and able to share the musical gift. But since that has not been the case, um, you know, and I'm an elementary band director and that's not the same thing, (laughs) but, um, I have really been thinking about the fact that the thing that gives me so much peace and joy is the thing that I invested the least amount of time in. And sometimes that was strategic and sometimes that was by accident, but I want to encourage somebody out there. There's something you really, really, really want to do. Stop waiting and do it. There is a reason to do it right now. I am Brandon T. Bailey. This is Controversy. Did you see it? All right, I guess the better question in this situation is, did you hear it? Episode 12. He comes to see about me just when I need him most. I think initially when I kind of planned out the timing for the episodes, this episode was going to come before the sermon. But the way things happened, I, I needed to release it early uh, to, to try to keep our schedule on. This is just me being honest. But the timing in my life personally makes the timing of this episode even better. So then it forced me to go back <laughs> and take a listen to the episode. And as I said in the intro for that sermon, I I think most of my family would agree that it, it was one of his best. And I think my dad always took 
a lot of pride in his preaching presentation. He clearly studied and he clearly prepared for standing before the people. Even when he was doing ministry in, in, in the nursing home and it wasn't a lot of people, like his preparation was as if he were standing before thousands. But there was something different about this particular message. And I will tell you, even listening to it, listening to it in the moment was, was powerful. Listening to it when I edited uh, the video for him um, very shortly after it happened, kind of reiterated this point. And then later, kind of revisiting it in preparation to release it in this platform, reminded me of the story he told at the end. So he went through all of the people who in the Bible had just when I need him most stories or situations in their life where they could relate to that phrase and to that um, song. And then he told a personal one, one about a looming foreclosure, one where the sell date was imminent and fast approaching. And he told the story of how a answer to that situation came just in the nick of time, just when he needed it most. And I remember thinking first, I did not know about that. And I bring that up from a place of it was fascinating to me then, and it is more interesting to me now, how we can suffer and struggle and people closest to us not be aware of what we are suffering with and struggling from. And I remember, A, not knowing about that situation um, and and being able to celebrate in its solution with him even not knowing how difficult it was. But then I found myself able to relate when I was facing my own foreclosure where people closest to me were not aware of the difficulties. I remember so many stories in my life where my wife has reminded me of just when I need him most moments. We had one when we moved to Florida and, and, and weren't really sure how we were going to pay to get our stuff off of the truck <laughs> because we had depleted funds and, and were waiting for a, a check that hadn't come yet. We had, a, you know, moments on our travels from one city to the next. We've had so many of those moments, but the one that... I really, really hold on to was very similar to my dad's because m most people had no clue. I mean, I was in a network marketing company at the time and people were in and out of my house all the time and nobody knew what we were dealing with. We were, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is not for the faint of heart. And I was writing 
a good wave and things were going really well. And my wife and I made a, a buying decision on a house and almost immediately everything went wrong. Um, she wasn't paid over the summers because Chicago teachers were, were no longer getting paid in a 12 month cycle. And I lost a contract that uh, I was working with on and it was a significant part of my income and we were struggling, struggling, struggling and could not figure how we were going to get from under it. And I was too proud. I was too ashamed. I was too, wow, just so many, so many things, so many feelings, so many emotions. And I suffered through that in silence, all while believing that a solution, a answer, a blessing was going to come. And I am truly a witness to this fact, y'all. It is not always packaged in the way that you want it to be packaged. It doesn't always look the way you want it to look. It, it, it doesn't always come when you want it to come. But I'm a witness that he comes to see about me. He comes to see about you. He comes to see about us. Just when we need him most. Life has a way of forcing you to face whether or not you believe that. Jay Moss years back had a song that says, don't pray and worry, because the idea is that you pray and give it to him and believe that he is going to have an answer for you. But for most of us, I will put myself in it. If I'm by myself, I will be by myself. But I believe that there are other people like me who go through that. But then over time, when that answer does not come, the worry starts to stir. <laughs> and I might keep praying, but I'm going to start to worry. And the challenge um, for our mental and emotional health is being able to have faith and still work, right? Still take steps towards the solution, still, you know, do the things that need to be done because faith without works is dead. So it does you no good to believe that God is going to send an answer and you're not doing anything, right? My father's sermon, he talks about the phone calls they were making. He talks about the people they were seeing and all of the things that they were trying and then something worked, right? So if you're not doing anything, there will be no answer. But for those who are actively seeking, he comes to see about us, not when we want not how we want, not in the package we want, but just when we need him most. Dottie Peoples wrote a very, very, very classic song. And I'll be honest, when I was young, I don't know that I appreciated the song the way I do in my uh, older years. 
but he's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Is there anybody out there who has had a just when I need him most situation in your life? If if you have one, I want to challenge you in the, the comment section to share your just when I need him most story. Because I have found that those stories of little faith for you sometimes demonstrate the most necessary faith for somebody else. Hearing how somebody pushed just a little bit can give them the courage to try a whole lot. So if you have, like I have, like my dad had, a just when I need him most story, share it with us on Facebook, share it with with us on Instagram, share it with us in the comments on YouTube. Let us know what your just when I need him most moment is, because I know that I am not alone in saying that this has not been easy. But I am still here and it is by the grace of God, but it is also because of the demonstrated faith of other people who have gone through things that I have gone through that have encouraged me with their victory. So I feel like very often lately I've been uh, sharing sermons that have been impactful to me. So when we all got uh, locked down because of COVID and couldn't go to church and every pastor, every church, every ministry became a televangelist, (laughs) I found myself flocking to the ones that were already there. (laughs) So I started watching um, The Potter's Touch a lot, uh, a lot more during the pandemic. And I stumbled across a very, very powerful sermon that I'm going to encourage you to look up. I believe you can look it up on YouTube and get the whole thing. And there's definitely some snippets on his website. But Bishop T.D. Jakes preached a sermon uh, from graves to grace. And I don't have time to regurgitate this very powerful message Um, It came from Matthew. Um, He came from Matthew, but he opens his sermon talking about the resurrection of Jesus and the power of his resurrection begins with the crucifixion. Now, let me just let me let me take a minute right here, because a lot of us saved folks rejoice in talking about he got up on the third day and but that's not what this is about because before he could get up he had to die and so there is the calvary part of the story that is easy to talk about from a churchy standpoint but it is much harder to live through from a life standpoint. Philippians 3 and 10, Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. 
being made conformable unto his death, the fellowship of his suffering. So in the sermon, he talked obviously about the suffering of Christ on his way to, um, to, to the cross of Calvary and how our desire, Paul's desire in that text to know him, right? It's easy to discuss knowing him in the, you know, the godly sense, much harder to, to deal with, to grapple with that fellowship of his suffering. And the, in the sermon, Bishop Jakes talked about the fact that a lot of people can get so wrapped up in the, the crucifixion part, right? Because life is so hard, because things are so tough, because it looks like this, because we feel like this, we can get stuck in the grave. But what we know as people of faith is that the grave is not the end of the story. There is the resurrection part of the story that we all want to get to. Right. But understanding how they are connected is vital because he asks a very, very important question in the sermon. And that is, why are some of us living in the grave when we should be resurrected? Why are we living in our hurt when we should be healed? Why are we resting in our pain when we should be prosperous? Why are some of us struggling when we should be thriving? And he brings it to this idea of grace. Now, you know, it, if you did any measure of Sunday school uh, uh, where you went to church and where you fellowship, then you understand grace and, and its twin uh, mercy. Grace being when God gives you things that you do not deserve and mercy being when he withholds things that you do deserve, usually consequences. So if he gives us grace, something that we do not deserve, then why do we often live and operate outside of it? Bishop Jakes points out that there is literally only one letter difference between grave and grace. And what did that mean to me? There is such a small line between Resting in the difficult things, in the hard places, in the crucifixion, and ultimately making it to the good things, the resurrection, the uh, prosperity, the excitement, the joy, the peace, the whatever it is that you ultimately are, are after. And so my challenge uh, to, to you is the same challenge I gave to myself when hearing this sermon. What is keeping you from embracing 
the grace? What is keeping you in the grave? What is keeping you from your blessing, from your purpose, from your calling? Because if we were all created to do a thing and you don't feel like you are doing the thing, there is a reason for that. And I know that I spent a lot of energy and a lot of time placing that focus and placing that blame on things. And it kept me stuck in the grave. Uh, I talked uh, in one of the episodes about Joseph and, and the pit and how people can get paralyzed in the pit and how they can get stuck there. But there is a there is a need if you are going to experience the victory for you to find a way to get from the grave to the grace that God has promised you. And he comes to see about you. He will. Just when you need him most. So I'm be honest, y'all. There, there are things I go through where I swear, like, it just has to be me, right? It has to be some weirdness that I'm experiencing that nobody else in the world is experiencing. But I know this ain't just me. So have you ever had one of those weeks where maybe it's a coworker is just working your nerves or an associate or a family member where, I mean, they are just working your nerves and you are trying your level best to keep your cool, to be nice to watch your tongue, just you doing the best you can to keep it together. But then you have a bad day. Maybe you don't feel good that day. Maybe, you know, you had one of those mornings where everything is going wrong before you get out the door. Um, Whatever it is, there's just like this collection of things that happen that make you say, if they mess with me today, like, yes, I gave them grace yesterday. I gave them grace last week. But if they try it today, I'm going to say this, this isn't, I'm going to do this, this, this. And you literally premeditate the read you going to give them. You premeditate the cuss words you're going to use. You premeditate uh, the, the the facial expressions you're going to have when you read them. You premeditate what you're going to do when they respond like this. You have premeditated what you're going to do when they respond like that. You are just ready. And then nothing. <laughs> Come on now. I can't. I cannot be by myself. I mean, like I I remember having a coworker that just tried my patience day in and day out and I you know because I <clears throat> am a black man and I was working in a predominantly white environment and so I felt compelled to always put on my professional 
response to everything. But I had decided today is the day. If she, mm, nothing. We think about the just when I need him most. Uh, we think about that spiritual colloquialism as a positive thing, right? He delivers to me this thing when I need him to deliver this thing. Sometimes it is the reciprocal. Sometimes he withholds a thing just when you need him most, or he prevents a thing just when you need him most. The inspiration for this, I guess, this song, I mean, this song is special to me for so many reasons, and and I think I've tried to make that clear. Uh, The song, the sermon, all of that. But what the what the statement means to me in this moment and that i hope comes across to somebody else who is listening to the show um or 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 checking it out for the first time is that it can look darkest before dawn <laughs> uh it can look the the sad it can feel the saddest before the breakthrough um i think jamal and i were talking about i don't, I don't remember the uh, the initial context but we we were discussing how how similar uh pledging is to you know some of life's traumas because it's just when you think you can't take anymore that you're closest to the end. And it's like almost at that moment where you're just like, (sighs) it's when it's all over. I don't know. I know for me, like when I, when I started this project, when I started my healing journey, It felt like all of the things that I wanted, that I had been working on, that I believed were a part of my story, my journey, all of that, I feel like those things were no longer going to happen, that they were just unattainable, right? And that's where my faith started to waver because I had put so much into a, a very specific path and it looked like things were not going to work out. Now faith is the assurance that we hope for will come about and the certainty that what we cannot see exists. Now that <clears throat> is a different interpretation or different version uh, of the Hebrews 11 and one, But if you've been in church any amount of time, you know the King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And 
that is the test. <laughs> That's where the rubber meets the road. When it looks the darkest, can you believe that there's light coming? When, when it feels the hardest, can you believe that, you know, peace is coming? And I, I, in the midst of my own turmoil, because I have had a month, <laughs> I have had a, it's been a year, it's like, it's been a struggle. I mean, the second half of the season almost did not happen. But since I am recording, even if I am just speaking to myself, l let me tell you, no matter what it looks like, just when you need him most, you might feel hopeless, but just when you need him most, you might feel helpless, but just when you need him most, you might feel like giving up, but just when you need him most, you might feel like quitting is the best option, but just when you need him most, you may feel like it's not worth it, but just when you need him most, if there is true purpose in you, you cannot allow the challenges and the difficulty of life to take you off that path. Somebody needs you. For me, I'm be honest, I'm still trying to understand it because God had to break down, me and Nicole talk about this, God had to break down my intellectual understanding of my faith to rebuild my spiritual understanding of my faith. It's not good enough for me to plan and think through all the answers because then I don't need the faith. But faith is the substance of things that I hope for and the evidence that the things that I don't see will come to pass. No matter where you are, no matter what you're dealing with, the fact that I'm still standing means you can too. The fact that the person to the left of you or to the right of you who have who has dealt with so much just to be where they are is a testament that he comes to see about us. Maybe not when we want, maybe not how we want, but just when we need him most. Trauma survivors, trauma supporters, to all of you, the T.S. Strong community, thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Controversy Podcast. 
I don't know if you are jumping in for the very first time or if you are a return listener. Either way, we are more than halfway through the season one now, and I am very, very excited to have you as a listener. So whether it's your first time or you are a returner, I'm going to ask you to please click that like button, click that share button, subscribe, rate, and review the show. We are actively working on season two, getting ready to share some new content, working on some new strategies and other ways to engage our community. So I look forward to reading some of your comments. I look forward to hearing some of your feedback and making the show an even more engaging place for all of you trauma survivors, trauma supporters, and people who know what it's like to struggle with, to deal with issues of mental health. Now, if you are not already a part, I'd like to invite you to the community on Facebook. It is called A Safe Place, where trauma survivors and trauma supporters are gathering to share resources, to share ideas, and to share testimonies about the things that we are all going through, that we have all been through, and supporting each other on how we can make it to our next level. So I look forward once again to seeing you around the community. Thank you guys once again for for checking out the show. And I hope to see you again next time. Peace.